Good morning, everyone. I'm Mel. And I'm Pippa. We're the creators and editors of Earthrise, the podcast and platform that focuses on the connection between human rights and environmental issues. Just a quick message before we begin. The views and research presented on this podcast are either our own or referenced on our website, www.earthrights.co.uk. We generally always record a few weeks ahead of release, so some facts or situations may have changed during this time. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode two of the Earthrights podcast. Today, Mel and I are here with Vlada and Ola, the co-founders of Zero Waste Society, a non-governmental organisation campaigning for a more circular economy in Ukraine. So first of all, just to begin this episode, can you both just tell us a bit about yourselves and how you came to create this organisation? So uh, my name is Ola and uh, I'm now part of Zero Waste Society NGO and we created this NGO like about three years ago and uh, first of all we are like we had our meeting like uh, it was uh, go zero Danube yeah it was the youth exchange and we met with Ladazar and it was really we had really good uh, time together and uh, then we started like to create our like smaller group to uh, make these small changes and mostly our NGO is working um, on issues with um, uh, consumers and we want tell them that they have this power to make a difference to make change uh, when they um, vote with their uh, wallet so it's like our main goal uh, connected with uh, also with zero waste. Yeah, that's right. I can just add that maybe before this, our first meeting uh, in Germany, um, like I personally didn't think a lot about all of these things. Like I didn't know the, uh, the main idea of zero waste and all these plastic issues. Um, yeah, but then me and Olya, we discovered a lot. And when we came back, we just thought that uh, okay, we should do something because it's not right uh, just to be away from this uh, situation. Uh, yeah, and now we're three years <laughs> as we are together. And yeah, that's great. Uh, it was a Go Zero Danube um, meeting. Uh, yeah, it was like youth exchange. Um, they just took uh, together some people uh, from the countries who are related to this river and we were just discussing how it's important not to pollute this river, how it happened. And uh, actually, we spoke a lot about different things and about zero waste in general. So that's how we got all of the like basic knowledges. <laughs> oh, actually, after this meeting uh, in Germany, when we came back, we made the first uh, Fridays for Future uh, moment in not like moment, but we, we did uh, we. Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> uh, we joined this uh, movement and we did it in Kiev. Mm-hmm. We had like 30 or 40 people uh, and that not much, but still th- that was really nice. And Olya also participated, like we were together. Uh, some of other uh, NGOs in Kiev also joined us. Uh, and then we did it two more times. 
And the last Fridays for Future, um, a strike, um, we had like 2,000 people. Wow. Uh, I'm really happy about that. <laughs> Do you think there was kind of any key moments in that journey um, that like helped people come together? Like how did you like grow the conversation? Um, I think for sure, because uh, the last time even more NGOs joined us, and we started to work together. Like not just um, uh, each and every NGO, they have their own missions, uh, but then they realized like uh, still it's the same issue uh, for everyone. And that's why they should just cooperate, do some things to push the government together, not just like one NGO does some actions. Uh, all of them started to sign documents, to sign some petitions. So it's like maybe at that moment, um, they just became like a group, you know, a group of activists around the Ukraine and they started to work together. Um, in that sense, um, have you found it easy to do climate activism in Ukraine in terms of like the political situation? I can say that we uh, can make changes if like more people will support us. So we don't have this, like, the government. I can say they don't support us. Also, they don't say, don't do this. Like, something you can do, like, you can make the strikes, but they they are talking a lot, but they don't support They don't or... participate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, year to year, it has become more mainstream, but... Sometimes you can sh see a lot of greenwashing behind it. Like, uh, like it's cool to be like zero waste and do this all eco things. So I am like separating and recycling my waste. But like all I know is that it's not solution. But a lot of people um, in Ukraine have this mind that recycling will like uh, help us. But it's but every year it become uh, like wider and uh, recycling is also kind of um, helpful for people to see that um, this problem exists. But in next stage we need to think about reuse and to just make less waste and so on. But I also can say about my family that my sister, she is doing really a lot of things. I recommend that uh, her like reusable bags, uh, also she use reusable pads and I'm so happy about this. <laughs> nice. Uh, also, I uh, present to my mom uh, this um, uh, menstrual cup and she's going to try it. So. Also, yeah, cool. I gave it to my mom as well, but she didn't uh, start to use it still. <laughs> She's waiting for me to explain to her. <laughs> Are you saying, Vlada, that even if like the population want to kind of recycle in this way, that there is like kind of infrastructure that's not yet available? Like you kind of have to go out of your way to recycle. Whereas in the UK, for example, we have like the council collects different bins and it's uh, like there's still way more that needs to be done in the UK but it's quite easy to recycle so like mm -hmm. you talk about that a bit 
Yeah, you know, it's like we have some some companies, they're trying to do something that are related to recycling. And let's say uh, I'm going to move to a new flat and um, I found one company. This company like works with people who live in some buildings. They just make this, let's say, uh, they just explain how it works, how they should recycle. They will put your bins, they will go and take back your uh, trash and... Uh, uh, they will recycle it, this company. And I feel I feel this application from my building. They said, you don't need to do anything. We will do everything. We'll, we will speak with your, like, the head of the building. But then it's like one month passed and they didn't call me. I didn't see any signs from them. Mm-hmm. And it's really strange. It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, about recycling, we have one company, um, Ukraine without trash, it's called. And yeah, it has just one station where you can go and uh, give your trash. <laughs> so, and it's really hard. You should go like around the whole city to yeah. go to the place. And more generally, do you think that the um, coronavirus pandemic has kind of impacted other areas of climate activism? Mm, I know that some strikes were planned uh and of course we couldn't do that um also like me and Nolia, we went to um, switzerland to discuss one declaration uh, and it's related to paris agreement uh, or do you remember you were uh, based on ipcc report uh, or, or like discussion were based on this as i remember uh yeah it, there were like uh, people from, I don't know, from around the world, like more than 500 people together. And uh, this uh, one more meeting like this were planned. And of course, we couldn't meet. Uh, but still, we had some uh, sessions uh, in Zoom. Um, it's like we were trying to to talk with uh, people from foreigners, from foreign countries. Uh, also, me and Nolia in our organization, we also like each and every week we have some calls and discuss our actions. Um, but still we cannot do that much because uh, we cannot like, um, we cannot go with people together outside to make some protests, uh, to do some meetings. And maybe in this way, of course it affected. Um, but I don't think that people started to think about the, um, about climate crisis, uh, of course, they are planning to do something, but uh, maybe in a month, uh, everything will be fine again, like it was before. Who, which countries were you meeting with in Switzerland then, or had you planned to meet with? We went there by buses, of course. Uh, we were not allowed to take plans, planes, and uh, yeah, it took us like three days, I think, to get to that. Uh, uh, it was in Lausanne. Um, uh, so uh, there were people from all the Europe, uh, some people from America, some people from, I don't know, from everywhere. And I guess now just to bring it a bit more back to your specific organisation that you both work for, what are the main things within your organisation that you're kind of protesting for? Like, what are your main aims? Yeah, what are you working on at the moment? We now we are mostly working with uh, consumers and with producers in another side, side. But now we want to um, consumers understand 
said, okay, that they can uh, have their influence in producers because producers, they make some goods for them and uh, consumers, they can choose to buy these goods or no. And it will be depends uh, how like it was made. Does it have too much packaging or I am consumers and I want it with reusable. So I can text to, uh, to any corporation and say like, I like your, um, I don't know, I like your product so much, but I don't like how do you package it? Could you uh, use it? Uh, could you make it with reusable one? So, um, so we want to empower consumers to um like to vote with their uh, wallet as i said okay. and we are trying to make some tools for consumers because surely to say they don't know how to tell uh to producers that they want to have it different and yeah and mostly as i said we are working with this uh single use packaging uh, yeah, and we want to like <laughs> make Ukraine without like single-use packaging that um, go away from this uh, linear economy and try this circle one when everything is resources. Mm -hmm. I think uh, this brand audit it was like our first step to start uh, this communication with uh, and producers and consumers. So we we should just had some like uh, some specific materials to show to people that okay guys look we have this top of the polluters uh, in Kiev or in Ukraine and uh, now we're thinking uh, we decided to work with uh, brands who uh, produce water in plastic bottles uh, just because we have some we have more um, how to say it we have some contacts and we can talk to them and they are kind of open to us but still we are not sure and we decided that our first step um, can be with some producers who are ready uh, to have this conversation so we can start to talk to them and so you're so you're going directly to the producers mm -hmm, that's right but uh, as Ola said like we still want to focus on consumers because we want consumers not just like we are as NGO, we talk to them. We want people to tell them that, okay, uh, like I love your product, yeah, but can you please change your packaging? Um, so we just want to work with consumers first, uh, just to give them tools. How can they communicate? And uh, I, I would say just producers to make changes. Yeah. Like they, they want uh, have, uh, they want choose what they want to do, but uh consumers will force them to change themselves so, and we also want to change this uh, thought that uh, consumer is responsible for their waste we want to tell that producer is responsible because he made it <laughs> yes but but we are still working on tools how people can communicate because um, we have some some ideas and we are test, testing these ideas, uh, but still, I'm sure maybe like in a few months, um, yeah, we will start like acting uh, and do like more pressure on consumers to communicate 
And yeah, we will finally will make this dialogue with uh, producers that we chose to work with. And what do you think are the main barriers like preventing um, consumers like from doing this, like from like shopping in this way? It's not enough, like it's not uh, infrastructure in the uh, consumer. So they don't know how to like, okay, I used this glass bottle. So what I need to do with it next? They just throw it to general waste, but they could also take it like to some special space for like glass and company can reuse it. But there are no like space for it. And um, also usually companies tell that uh, there are no um, the government need to make some uh, rules. I don't know. Uh, okay, rules, laws. Laws, yeah. It's the government also need to make some law uh, about this because it's hard for for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't know. For me personally, it's too it's too hard. Like uh, I'm trying to buy uh, products not in plastic. Yeah, for example, but still uh, some products has like metal things, these metal jars, uh, some maybe a tetra pack. I don't know if you call it the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and for me, like I have in my kitchen uh, one corner and it's full of this trash and I don't want it to be there because but still I cannot go each and every day to go to that special place and it's too far from my home uh, to throw my trash. Uh, so I just want, as Ola said, I just want this infrastructure to work. So for me, it's going to be easy. I don't need to make this uh, trash, uh, I don't know, mess in my in my balcony or in my kitchen. Uh, so it should just work. And they should give us this possibility to, I don't know, to recycle, uh, to buy uh, our products in, um, in uh, not in a single use packaging. I, sh- I want to have these machines with uh, where I can go and refill my maybe not cosmetics, but um, some things to clean my house uh, to take water. And it's like a lot of little things, but it will make so great infrastructure for people to live and to make less waste. Mm-hmm. And for me, it sounds really nice and it, it's really easy, but uh, they should just uh, work together, you know, and not like one company can change, but other companies will still do mess. Would you say that's the, um, your number one priority then to sort of uh, of maybe yours yourselves and your own ambitions but also with the organization to um to sort of get this infrastructure in place so that you guys can start actually doing the things you want to do as consumers that's right but i would say that our organization works on uh, like also on this in- infrastructure but mostly on packaging like how they package things because uh, if they package it not in a single use uh, wraps, uh, in this case, we won't have a waste. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. And if they do, they should give us possibility uh, to go to a special machine and give them away like this glass bottle. So it can work like in a loop, you know, like a, mm-hmm. uh, according to circular, uh, circular economy. <laughs> okay, so just to like draw the episode to a close, what for anyone listening um what would your kind of main be 
piece of advice be to people who kind of want to like adopt circular activities when it comes to waste in their daily life and like how can people become better better activists and better consumers so uh, usually people can say like take your reusable bag also like uh, take your cup and take your coffee with your cup but I would like to say that write to a producer, like uh, give feedback to your shop, like in which you usually go that you want to have this reusable option. So I need it and uh, people will start to think about this. And if um, to their shop will come like few people and say this, they will think, "Mm -hmm, maybe I need to change something and then changes happen (laughs) yeah I think that's a really cool point because I think um not only are you making the consumer um a powerful tool for change but you're also ensuring that the company knows that it's like a step behind and that it um it might start losing custom like you could you could equally say I'm not going to buy from you anymore unless you make this change and so then they've lost one customer and so it would be in their interest after a few people like you say to actually make this change and put this reusable packaging or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah definitely agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah I agree. I I may add that you should educate yourself and uh, you know, so you have no doubts that you're doing the right thing. And also to tell people more about this so they can join and do what Ola said. <laughs> um, and just finally, is there any way that um, listeners can support your organization? So, uh, Z, and W, and uh, Point and Society on Instagram also uh, on Facebook just uh, you can roll Zero Waste Society thanks so much everyone for listening this week and for Vlada and Ola from the Zero Waste Society for coming on to the Earthrise podcast with Pippa and I and we look forward to seeing everyone next week thanks If you are interested or concerned by any of the issues raised during this podcast, then please get in touch at contact at earthrights.co.uk or visit our website www.earthrights.co.uk. You can find full recordings of all of the episodes on most podcast platforms or on the Earthrights website, referenced in the show notes. We host a blog on there too, as well as recommendations and other information. Please also join in on the journey by following our Twitter and Instagram accounts at earthrights underscore. If you would like to be involved in an episode of the Earthrights podcast, then please also get in touch. This Earthrights podcast was hosted, produced and edited by us. Music and sounds were specially made for Earthrights by the Mowgli Wild Boys, who are currently recording a new LP at Circuit Studios in Nottingham. Please follow their Instagram and Facebook at Mowgli Wild Boys.